And so that's the gap I wanted to fill is not just telling you what to do, but talking through it, showing you step by step with your hands in the kitchen, uh, grocery shopping, meal planning, meal prepping, um, what I call intuitive cooking, you know, just really enjoying the process the entire way through and not Welcome to the Daily Dietitian Podcast. I am your host, Stacey Mitchell, registered dietitian and personal trainer. I am so happy to have you here. My goal for this podcast is to break down the latest health topics and help clear the clutter in the messy world of nutrition and fitness. We hope to inspire, educate, and entertain all things wellness. We cut the baloney of the food shaming and focus on making healthy habits that work for you. Join us as we talk with experts in their fields on how to feel our best in our own body and mind. Hello, everyone. It's so great to have you here with us this week. First off, have you ever taken a culinary class or do you enjoy watching cooking shows on TV? But when it comes to the kitchen, you may fall short, whether that is making a healthy meal or just overwhelmed with 12 ingredients in these so-called nutritious recipes. <laughs> I hear you, it bothers me. But how can you make easy meals that are packed with plants and a boost of nutrition, but also taste delicious? Sound too good to be true? <laughs> Well, today we are talking with Shannon, who is a registered dietitian, nutritionist, culinary coach, and trainer. She explains how she helps her clients build confidence in intuitive cooking with a plant-forward focus. She takes a step-by-step -step process, both in and out of the kitchen, to find a sustainable nutrition plan that leaves you feeling empowered and feeling your best. Join us for this conversation as she explains what is intuitive cooking. What is the number one tool to have in your kitchen? And what are those wow factor ingredients that make eating more plants amazingly delicious? Enjoy, my friends. Um, Shannon, I am so happy to have you here joining us this week and getting to know you. Can you tell everyone who you are and what you do? Sure. So I am Shannon Costello. I am a registered dietitian nutritionist and a culinary coach. I'm also a certified personal trainer. Um, I worked in corporate wellness for almost 10 years, but I also worked in culinary nutrition and community nutrition with cooking classes, uh, both for large groups and individuals, which was a lot of fun. And that's actually the experience that grew my passion for the culinary nutrition side and got me to where I am today which is running my own nutrition practice called Chef Shannon Nutrition. And so that's still a work in progress, but growing. And I'm really loving being um, a part of, you know, my own business where I can make every day enjoyable and different and, you know, speak to specific clients that, you know, have a particular need, such as like plant-based, um, or help with cooking and fundamentals in the kitchen. That's really where I love to spend my time with clients. I love it. It's a it's an interesting but such an important topic and area to teach your clients. How do you feel the whole cooking aspect kind of bridges with the gap in providing that nutritional education? 
Yeah, and that's really what brought me here today is because so much of nutrition knowledge is out in the world and it's confusing us. And, you know, even other health professionals, doctors, for example, are just telling people like, this is what you need to do, but not showing them how to do it or taking them step by step. And so that's the gap I wanted to fill is not just telling you what to do, but talking through it, showing you step by step with your hands in the kitchen, uh, grocery shopping, meal planning, meal prepping, um, what I call intuitive cooking, you know, just really enjoying the process the entire way through and not just leaving you with a handout and saying, go do this. <laughs> yes, you're, you're guiding them in these steps. Um, your, your profile on Instagram says it very nicely. Mindful eating with a plant-forward and non-diet approach. After I say that, what would be your main nutrition message? Yeah, so I really help individuals just try to enjoy food again without restriction, without rules, without a specific diet. Um, you know, I've worked with a lot of clients, a lot of women in particular that have that history of dieting and just kind of the food labels that society tells us we should have on all of our foods. And we definitely work through like nurturing that relationship and, and healing it and looking at food in a different way. Um, and so that's where like my kitchen therapy method really comes in is having fun and being mindful and using your own intuition to plan for your health and, you know, do what feels right to you, not what other people and what other industries are trying to tell you is going to feel right for you. Um, but it's a lot of, you know, barriers we have to break down because it's been so persistent over all this time all these diet messages that we're hearing, it, it, we're just like, are we supposed to do this? What do I trust anymore? And, and so my goal is to really help you trust yourself and, and get back to, you know, that intuition and know that like what your gut is telling you, no pun intended, is the right thing to do, right? <laughs> because everyone's just so unique in that way. No diet is going to be the same. No meal plan is going to be the same. And that goes for even a single individual. Every day is going to change for someone because how you sleep is different. Your stress levels are different. Your activity is different. Your day-to-day -day is different. And we need to be able to be flexible and adaptable to that change, but also trust ourselves to be that flexible and know that we're still nourishing ourselves the way that our body needs at that moment in time. So with beginners that may not do much cooking and say are not familiar with certain vegetables, not a vegetable fan even, what are some steps that you go through with them? So I, I meet them where they are. You know, we're not trying to make this overcomplicated by any means. We take very small steps. <laughs> so what are you eating right now that you really enjoy? Or let's get curious, is there a meal or food that you've been thinking about trying or exploring that you'd be willing to do so soon? And how can we make it work for you? So in the instance of like vegetables, if someone's not a huge vegetable fan, that's fine. Not all of us are, but there's 
so many different types of vegetables out there, like a laundry list of different vegetables. So I can assure you, you have not tried every single one. So let's look at some that might seem a little unfamiliar that you'd be willing to experiment with. Also, there's so many different types of cooking methods. So, you know, if it's more like a steaming, do you need to air fry it? Do you need to saute it? Do you need to bake or roast or grill it? Like the possibilities of actually cooking it or even baking it into something, that's endless as well. How are you seasoning it? How are you dressing it up? How are you flavoring it? So the mix and match opportunities there are just so wide that we can work with what you enjoy right now and that small area of where you're curious and willing to explore. So we definitely talk through all of that. I love it. Um, do you help them with different cooking methods and recipes? Does that kind of come into play? Absolutely. Yes. So, um, you know, just depending on what they have on hand, what equipment they have, what they're comfortable doing already, and what areas we need to practice. So if it's like knife skills, I know a lot of people stress out about knife skills, especially when they think about like food prep, because that's a huge part of it, right? But it can take so much time if we're not confident in our knife skills. Um, and it can also limit our abilities and the different recipes and, and things we can make if we don't know, you know, how great a chef's knife is and all the different things that it can do. So not only do we talk about that and like build up that confidence, but we'll work together and actually practice it too so that you feel confident. And that's what it is. It's just practice, right? Just getting in there and doing it and experimenting with it and getting comfortable with it. That in the long run is going to help you get more efficient, which is going to cut back on the time and the stress that you used to have when thinking about, oh my gosh, I have to cook tonight. (laughs) Um, I do not own a really nice knife. And there's a reason for that because I always cut myself. (laughs) Oh no. Even with like, you know, all the classes that we had to take where we would be chopping stuff. I... I don't know. I think it's just kind of in the head. I should go back and get a um, I'm, a knife. probably better than what I think I was. <laughs> you probably are. Yeah. And that is like the number one tool to have is a really good, sharp <laughs> chef knife. <laughs> because the sharper it is, the easier it's going to be to cut. And you won't have to like hassle through like a bell pepper. <laughs> right. It just makes the process so much quicker. For sure. Yes, absolutely. For sure. <laughs> you have a lot of great cooking tips and ideas on Instagram. Do you have a post or a reel that has really resonated with your audience? Um, I don't know if there's one specific post per se, but it's definitely a topic area, which is again the meal planning. Um, I feel like I have to just keep redefining what that means for not only my clients but social media followers. And I'm sure you know this as a dietitian too. But a lot of times we get asked, "Can you give me a meal plan?" or "Can you just make me a meal plan?" I'm like, "That's not exactly what I do." Um, you know, a meal plan. I like to redefine as being like meal preparedness. So a lot of us think like a meal plan is 
an exact calendar of every single meal we're going to eat with every ingredient and portion size for every single day. And while, yes, those do exist in certain populations can benefit from that, long term, that is not a sustainable approach. And so I want others to think that meal planning is just simply being prepared for the week ahead. So look at your schedule, what's going on, how many meals do you need to eat at home, what meals are you eating out, how much time do you have to cook or put things together, because that's going to play a huge role into what type of groceries do you need, are you going to be using a lot of whole foods, or do you need some convenience items like frozen vegetables and microwave rice, like those are totally fine, those are not a quote bad food or processed food that we have to avoid like thinking through all of that but then also being again flexible to any changes throughout the week because again that like calendar and strict looking meal plan that um, you know some might put into play it can actually cause guilt if we don't follow it to the T right and we, we don't want that we want to eat food without guilt or shame so just by having kind of a flexible meal plan we can say you know like this day was a lot busier than I expected I didn't have that 30 minutes to prepare dinner but I did make this other choice because I stocked my you know refrigerator and pantry well the weekend before and I had things on hand so that would be your preparedness right so again, it's really just kind of redefining it and keeping it a lot simpler and practical. Like it has to be realistic. We all live these like really busy lifestyles and we don't want to be like glued to a strict plan at any moment in time, whether that's nutrition or exercise or really anything going on. We just want to be having fun and enjoying that moment in time. Yes. And I'm sure you yourself have a simplified version of a meal plan. Like so much of what I talk about is personal experience too, because I used to work back in the day, I used to work like three or four part-time jobs that ended up being like seven days a week, definitely over 40 hours a week. So, I mean, I was stressed to a T and I put more stress on myself by like requiring myself to do the like meal prepping and portion control into these containers and, you know, having this cooler in my car, which I did absolutely appreciate having the nourishment with me, obviously. But I took like hours out of my only free day of the week to grocery shop and meal plan and meal prep and cook and put all that together. And it's like, no one wants to do that. Okay. (laughs) It's okay not to do that. And so I've definitely learned over the years that some weeks it's okay to do that. Absolutely. If you have a busy week ahead and you know you're not going to have time to do certain things in the kitchen or, you know, it's a really active lifestyle that you have and you want to make sure you have things readily available to eat um, in a moment's notice, that's fine. But also having those weeks where it's like, okay, I scratched down, quote, oatmeal for breakfast this day, toast the next day. Um, you know, pantry staple the next day, like keeping things vague or adaptable where like oatmeal could be overnight oats. It could be cooked oats. It could be baked oatmeal. You could change the flavor up the different fruits you're adding in. So you're 
you don't have to be super specific, but at least having that idea of like, okay, I'm going to be making oatmeal a couple days this week. So one, I know what I need to grocery shop for. Two, I know how I can be creative and change it up each day. And three, I'm like, okay, I need to make this this morning. I'm not sitting there like, what do I do? And then I end up skipping breakfast. So that's kind of a, a way that I look at it. Great. And I see a big client win here. It says, I tried nutritional yeast and your red lentil bolognese pasta recipe, and I loved it. I made your easy black bean burgers, and I'm loving them for lunch. I think when you add the words lentil and black beans and people like it, that's a huge win. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I get my clients to try new foods all the time, and it's just, it's, like that aha moment where like, oh my gosh, you can make a beef bolognese without beef. <laughs> you can make so many things that are like traditionally animal protein based with plant protein. And it's, it's not much of a difference. I can't tell you the number of times I've fed my family something that's, you know, quote, plant based and they never noticed. <laughs> That would say a lot too. (laughs) Um, With the recipes, like when I hear, or I'm sorry, when I see a recipe and it has like 10 ingredients, that's very overwhelming to me and kind of a turnoff. So how do you simplify plant forward recipes? So I talk about like the meal component method more so. So like getting the foundation of what types of foods need to go into a meal in order to be balanced and provide satiety and you know the majority of the nutrients we need throughout the day. So looking at our non-starchy vegetables, our complex carbohydrates, which could be starchy vegetables, fruits, uh, whole grains, and then your lean protein, your healthy fats. And what I call it, like plate pizzazz or, you know, some, some sort of flavor, sauce, cooking oil, things like that. Um, so once we get like that foundation down, you can mix and match all those different meal components into a, you know, quote, recipe of your own. Um, and that's where that like intuitive cooking comes in. So I really look at recipes that I create myself or like you find on Pinterest or other food bloggers as inspiration. So especially with my clients who are new to a plant-forward diet, I'll show them a recipe. I'll be like, this is probably a cuisine you haven't explored a lot. Um, So this can kind of inspire you in the kitchen. You can start by making this and learn the different cooking techniques that go into it, the different flavor components that make this sauce really tasty. Or like if you're new to rice noodles, you know, try this out in this recipe and get familiar with it. And then once you're comfortable with that, you can try to do this recipe on your own by using your own components or, you know, changing some of the ingredients in the sauce and doing something that you're comfortable with traditionally and putting it in with that new piece so that it's not like so unfamiliar, like, oh, hesitant on that right. so definitely getting like the best of both worlds right something new but then also something comfortable <laughs> I've had many fails where I've made like lentils and I was talking about this the other day on my stories on on how it just kind of tasted like dirt but when I 
bought yeah. them from a package, I was like, yeah, these are good now. So when you talk about those little pizzazz ingredients, uh, can you share one or two with us that like really make that recipe or that vegetable pop? Yeah, so pizzazz can be anywhere from a dressing, a marinade, a sauce, even just dried seasonings or fresh herbs, um, different garnishes, whether that's like roasted nuts and seeds, chia seeds, nutritional yeast, which I put on like everything. Um, But I would say like thinking of like plant forward, um, a lot of people are turned off by like tofu and tempeh because I would say tofu more often. Like it, it doesn't taste like anything. I'm like, well, you didn't season it right. You didn't cook it right. <laughs> you have to press out the majority of the water for you know medium and firm types. Get all the water out, and then it's like a sponge. It just soaks up all the flavor that you put with it. But there are specific steps to that. You know, you want to make sure you're marinating it or you're glazing it at the end. That's a really important piece. So if you're new to tofu or tempeh, I always give like more of like an Asian um, or an Indian or a Thai uh, cuisine, just because those sauces are really potent and really flavorful and they combine all the different flavors into that like savory umami taste. And soy sauce definitely helps emphasize that, Um, you know, Soy sauce can even go into other cuisines that you don't necessarily want the soy flavor, but it helps take away like some of the bitterness that tempeh might have. It kind of helps balance out the other flavors that you're putting in the sauces too. So you're good. So you're going with those cultural type cooking practices to key on on those flavors. Sounds like. Yes, yes. yes. And, you know, trying to emphasize different cuisines and cultural foods, especially with plant forward eating, just because there's so much variety there and it prevents boredom and trying to like stick to the norm. (laughs) No, it helps keep things exciting. (laughs) We always need that excitement. Um, Now going back to that nutritional yeast, can you talk a little bit more about that and what you or what you put it on? You said you put it on everything. When I think of nutritional yeast, it brings me back probably like <laughs> probably like 17 years ago when I was a health market manager and I had to go get some bulk nutritional yeast and I like spilled it all over my car. So it kind of like totally deadened oh, no. the excitement of nutritional yeast for me. But it does have oh, some God. benefits and um, flavor components. So tell us more about that. Yeah, so nutritional yeast is now most commonly used as like a cheese alternative for those who don't consume dairy. Um, it, it has, I would say, mostly like a Parmesan cheese flavor, maybe a little bit of cheddar, depending on who's tasting it. But it's like a really bright orangish yellow flake. Um, I hate to say this, but it, it looks like fish food like the flakiness of it, but the color is very vibrant. (laughs) And so I love it because it's actually a really good source of protein. And it is most brands um, fortify it with vitamin B12, which for 100% 
plant-based eaters and even vegetarians, that's a vitamin that we do have to supplement or get from fortified foods because it's not in plant foods. Um, so that is a good um, source. If you're eating enough of it, it's, you know, it still won't meet your entire daily needs, but to get a sprinkle of it, you know, we always want to say food first and it's whatever you can't get from food, then you can supplement, of course, but it's so versatile. I put it in, um, like pasta sauces. You could do your own Alfredo sauce with it. You can even just sprinkle it on top of your marinara, like you would a grated Parmesan. Um, I mix it into soups and chilies and, you know, taco fillings, really anywhere you would put cheese, you can use nutritional yeast. But my favorite is on popcorn, definitely. Ooh. Popcorn and nutritional yeast. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm totally going to try that for my daughter. She's lactose intolerant. And I don't know, I just kind of forgot about it. We kept trying all the, the, la- the cheese alternatives that just were not... She did not like the taste. And I thought I had one. I was like, oh, this one tastes good. And she's like, mm, no, no, don't like the quesadilla. Sorry. I'm like, ah. So oh, maybe uh, that nutritional yeast would be a good little addition to get that same flavor because she misses that flavor. It just doesn't agree with her stomach. Yeah, no, I totally understand that. And like dairy-free cheeses are still learning how to be a fake cheese, I will say. <laughs> so true. Um, on your website, there's a beautiful display. I like how you simplify this. It's learn, cook, and thrive. Uh, tell everyone more about how you work with clients. Sure. So the first step about learning is really where we like kind of dig, dig very deep into your health history. Um, if there's any dieting history there, what's going on right now, what brought you to me? And then we move into making goals and how to set goals that work for you, breaking down that big ultimate goal into baby steps and short-term goals and learning the foundation of what nutrition is suitable for those goals that you set for yourself. Um, So that meal component method I mentioned earlier, we'll definitely talk about that, kind of the steps of meal planning, meal preparedness, what all that entails for you, how you can fit it into your schedule and your lifestyle, um, the time requirements that you need and it's going to find enjoyable, any like nutritional deficiencies that you might have, you know, how to work through that, what types of foods that can help you overcome that. Um, any symptoms that you're having, you know, we really do that like deep dive assessment and personalize all your goals and the process moving forward to that. And then we move into, you know, the culinary piece. So as we talk about the meal preparedness, you know, what are some of the steps in the kitchen that can help simplify this? Where are you lacking skills? Where do you lack confidence? How can I help you overcome that? How can we get a little better and more comfortable there? And we'll actually do virtual cooking classes together. So actually applying what we're talking about in the coaching sessions to the kitchen. And then lastly, it's just making sure that you feel good with what you've been doing. Uh, You know, I tell people that I'm not here to just make you live a healthy life. I want you to thrive. 
and it takes the stress out of having to nitpick your nutrition plan and just live in the moment and enjoy everything else that's going on in your life rather than you know stress about what am I eating today or this isn't a perfect meal or I didn't have time to cook like that's that's not my goal I don't want you to have to stress about that I want you to have fun with it and enjoy it and then you enjoy all these other things you have going on, family, friends, whatever it may be. That's where you're thriving. Um, I am looking over your stuff and your YouTube channel with all these cooking demos. We cannot miss talking about this. Yes. <laughs> um, so I started that cooking channel actually at my previous job. Um, my company um had a lot of like virtual personal training and they were trying to implement more of the nutrition but there were only myself and my co-worker were the only two dietitians in the company so uh when COVID hit it was during national nutrition month our favorite month of the year and I had already planned all these nutrition demos for my client site and I was just so bummed. I was like, I planned so much for this. I have like all the supplies and materials for it. So how am I going to do this? So I just recorded myself doing it at home and sent the YouTube video to all the managers to show their employees. And that's kind of what kicked it off. So every week I put on a new uh, nutrition and you know recipe demo and sent out the recipe to everyone. And my company took that on as well. So... I actually still contract with them to continue cooking demonstrations for uh, their app that they have. But I also try to do, you know, some of my own about like once or twice a month. So it's really just fun to to spread that information. (laughs) And that's what people want to see. They want to see what ingredients you use or how you cut this or how you prepare this way. And how many videos are on here? You have quite the library of them. So that's fantastic. Yeah, I honestly am not sure. I think I started off doing two a week. Okay. Um, yeah, <laughs> that was a little much. <laughs> Come back. <laughs> now, now as a solopreneur, I'm like, can I get one up this month? <laughs> I get you. Can you share with everyone where they can connect with you and follow you? Absolutely. So I do have a website. It's just chefshannonnutrition.com. Um, and that's the same as my Instagram handle, Chef Shannon Nutrition. I do have a Facebook page as well. So you can always comment and interact on there. And then my YouTube channel, which if you just look up Chef Shannon Nutrition or Shannon Costello, you'll find my free videos on YouTube. What do you love about being a dietitian? I think this goes for most dietitians and health professionals as far as like why we got into it, wanting to help other people and just help them work through those health challenges that keeps them from feeling as good as they really can. But more specifically, I just love how this field is so diverse and there's just so many things we can do as a dietitian. I mean, like I said, I started out in corporate wellness and even that role in and of itself was diverse. I mean, no day was the same. You know, I was a personal trainer. I did exercise programming. I was nutrition coaching, nutrition assessments, 
um, metabolic testing, stress management, energy breaks. Like there's just so much you can do because nutrition and like being a dietitian is not just nutrition. It's really a holistic approach to our health. Um, but then I went into community nutrition and culinary nutrition. Now I'm an entrepreneur. So there's, there's just so many things you can do. And that really speaks to me because I'm not someone who can go to the same place and do the same thing every single day. I have to have variety. I have to be excited about doing something different. So just knowing that I can, you know, plan different projects and set my own goals and, you know, just be really creative because I am more of a creative person and, Dietetics has that as like a creative outlet. And I, I love that piece of it too. For a very, or I should say a very heavy science load, um, I feel like this avenue within social media being that creative part also fits a lot of other dietitians. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> Who would have thought? Um, right. Do you have any last takeaways before we go into our closing questions? Yeah. So I'd say if you're struggling in any area of your health or nutrition, or you're confused about anything, just kind of wondering where to start or where to even go is to really reflect on your why and your purpose. So why do you want to feel a certain way? Why do you feel like, you need to make some changes. What is your ultimate goal there? And that'll really kind of set the intention for making changes and staying motivated in that way. Because when I get clients that come to me that say they want to go plant-based or at least try it, like, okay, but why? Why do you want to do that? Because that's what's going to keep you going in the long run is that internal motivation. Love it. Um, as I'm looking at your blog, especially, um, okay. If you have one or two recipes from here, which one should we try? I don't know if this is like the best one, but (laughs) so bad. Um, I was like craving grilled cheese for the longest time. And if you don't know, I don't think I've mentioned this yet, but I'm also gluten intolerant. So not only am I plant-based, I don't do any dairy. Um, every now and then I'll do like eggs. Um, very occasionally I'll do fish. But anyways, I'm mostly gluten-free and plant-based. And I was craving a grilled cheese, something that someone who's gluten-free and dairy-free. <laughs> <laughs> like, why? <laughs> so I went out and I found some like really good gluten-free bread that was actually pieces large enough you could cut in half. Because if anyone else is gluten-free, you know how tiny gluten-free bread loaves are. And it's just so sad. So I found one that was pretty large. And then I bought the vegan pesto from Trader Joe's as one of the cheese sources. So I didn't have to use like a ton of dairy-free sliced cheese. And then I added avocado. So I called this the Green Monster Grilled Cheese because I had pesto an av- mashed avocado and I think it was like a like a Swiss or Parmesan cheese slice and I grilled it on my cast iron skillet and it's so good but that was like 
a very comforting, nostalgic food. I was like, I haven't had this in probably 15 years. But it just tasted so good. So I do have a video for that on my YouTube. Um, it's not on my blog yet, but if any listeners want it on my blog, I will get it up there ASAP. <laughs> so creative in using the different flavor components when you're not even using cheese, real cheese too. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Okay. I will try that one. And I see the edible uh, cookie dough with chickpeas. That looks really good too. Yeah. So it's like my go-to dessert because to be honest, I'm not a huge fan of dairy free ice cream, but I do crave ice cream a lot because I used to eat it a lot. (laughs) So the cookie dough is like, it's really satisfying. It's very filling. So you don't even need a lot of it, but it like, it definitely hits my sweet tooth in a way that I'm like, yes, this is perfect. (laughs) And I noticed on the recipe, you didn't use like a ton of sweetener. You know, there are some of them where it's like a cup of honey or a cup of maple syrup. And I'm like, well, yeah, no wonder why it tastes good. You add an entire (laughs) boatload of it. And I mean... (laughs) Yes, I'm eating beans, but I don't want that much added sugar with it. So, <laughs> just right, a, a right. And I note. Try- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I totally yeah. agree. I make my recipes like adaptable, right? So, like, if you don't want chocolate chips, put M and M's. You don't want chocolate at all, I'll put peanut butter chips. Like, you you do you. Change the ingredients. <laughs> And this is why you want a dietitian specialized in the culinary area to develop your recipes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, that's, that is great. Okay. We will head on into our closing questions. Um, sorry, all that other stuff just keeps coming into my head where I'm like, oh, wait, wait, we didn't talk about this. So now we're, we're ready for those closing questions. Uh, first one, if you were in a TV show, which one would you be in? Definitely Gilmore Girls. That is like my childhood fave and adult fave. I still watch it. But Suki, she's my role model. She's my role model of kitchen therapy because like every time you see her, in the kitchen she is so excited about her food and she's just taste testing everything and loving it and i just i just want the world to be like Suki. <laughs> that is so fitting for you um <laughs> what is your favorite feel-good food oh to be really specific it's trader joe's olive oil popcorn with a hint of cooking spray and nutritional yeast on it with a sprinkle of dairy-free chocolate chips. You know, sometimes they'll mix and match. Do I want sweet? Do I want savory? Do I want bold? Okay. So explain (laughs) this. Is this come already popped in a bag or do we have to pop it? It's already popped in a bag. Okay. Okay. I will look for it on my next Trader Joe's trip. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I, I love how you give us the, the combos. Well, if you are craving this, here's that. And here's this option for this other craving. You're mine kind of gal. Uh, what is one food that someone has said a dietitian eats that? French fries. <laughs> because I eat them on a weekly basis. And I get this comment every time. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm on the hunt for the world's best French fries. So 
that's just my thing is French fries. And I, I have to get them and I always get judged. And I'm like, this is a judgment free zone, first of all. And you have no idea how many French fries I've had in my lifetime because I'm still looking for the best. All right. Come and visit me and I will take you to Bebop's. I think they have the best fries. Oh, okay. okay. I'll have to write that down. Yeah. I realized that Bebop's has like their burger deal on Mondays. So I'm starting to incorporate burgers and french fries once a month and, and chocolate shakes. So um, if you're in town, hit me up, okay? <laughs> well, deal. Yes. <laughs> um, Love it. <laughs> last question. Best or latest book you have read? And if- um, I would say my all-time favorite book is Eat, Pray, Love. I mean, probably like any other woman who read this, it inspired me to go to Italy, but going to Italy (laughs) was just an amazing experience in also my culinary experience because I ended up volunteering at a cuckoo school in Tuscany for three years in a row, and I'm still really good friends with that family, and I just absolutely loved it. So Eat, Pray, Love is definitely my all-time fave, but I love anything by Mitch Albom. All of his books are wonderful. So if you have not read Mitch Album books, you definitely need to try those out. Awesome. Um, love hearing your c- cultural experiences too with bringing that cooking aspect in there. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That was so much fun. So much fun. Shannon, you are so much fun getting to know and such a delight. And I appreciate your time so much. Thank you so much. It was yes. really good to meet you. And I truly, truly appreciate you asking me to be on here. This is, this is awesome. Okay. I love it when dietitians develop recipes with nutrition in mind and they taste good. I mean, that's always a plus, right? <laughs> it was so much fun getting to know Shannon and I love her niche about learning how to gain confidence in the kitchen and ditching the diet mindset all while making healthy eating simple and sustainable. Be sure to check her out at Chef Shannon Nutrition on Instagram. And that's another wrap for this episode. So I appreciate you all for listening and we will be back next week. But thank you so much for joining me on the Daily Dietitian Podcast.